Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. Welcoming you to this little late night recording. You know, I love a late night. I think I do too. It feels like a little bit more um, risque, a little more honest. Feels yeah. like Delilah. Love <gasps> someone tonight. I forgot about her completely. Yeah, I just remember like it being so dark and getting home so late in the car with my mom and just being disoriented and like 14. I know. I'm like, where were they taking us that we heard these? <laughs> we heard this like 1030 program. Uh, grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or road trips. You could get the whole show in. What are you drinking? It looks cool. I'm drinking red wine. Oh, it's a cup. I like it. Yeah. It's out of this vintage uh, 70s glass. I got it like a thrift shop. I'm also drinking red wine. <laughs> out of a mug. Coffee cup. Uh, we should get a wine sponsorship. I, there's so many beautiful bottles. This one's called Kiki and Juan. It's a tinto. Sounds like it would complement the extravagant dinner I just had of truffle almonds and fruit snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Is oh, it's Spanish vino tinto. Feels right. I'm having um, I'm having this. I don't even know Sambuchese. Oh, Sangiovese. No, it's no. a narrow. You're like, no, I know words, Misha. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Where's that from? It is Italian, um, Sicilian. And they make <gasps> this griot that I found that I loved after our little rabbit hole. And so it's then I'm the trying best. this one and it's actually really good. And I it's reasonable. It's like 12 bucks. Yeah, this one's 18. And it's like one of those kind of fat bottles, you know, feels good. A liter. <laughs> um, I need to tell you something. Uh -oh. I was thinking about all of our houseplants and how we really need an episode dedicated to just how they're doing. Um, but I'm at that time of the year where I have to bring them in and or like repot them or both. And I, I don't want to do it. And I want someone to create a business model where they just come and repot everything and bring it inside. You know what else we need an episode for? All your business ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. This one has a name too, Mrs. Potts. I would do that job for people. Would you like to do it for me? I'll pay you yes. double. Oh my gosh, but I won't be there till November. So they... we'll see what makes it. Because I'm also <laughs> in the stage of being like, well, you know what? Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. I'm, but I had a dream about bringing my plants in because it's been on my mind so oh. much. Because I've had years where I waited too long and and things have perished, and I felt guilty. Yeah. But it's kind of like you said, it's like, right. It's like maybe some of them to call the herd a little. There's some of them that I'm leaving out there intentionally because I'm like I'm kind of over them. It's so mean. And I, I feel so mean every time I feel that way about one of my plants. But I'm like, you haven't grown in 10 years. You just, I bring you in, I bring you out. You stay the same size. I, you know, I, I think our relationship is really, is set a wall. Put it on the stoop and be like free, 
trouble plan. Yeah, that's what I should do. I should list the ones that anger me. The only ones I really care about are the cacti out there because they have like tripled in size. Yes, I have two very, two in particular that have done, that love being outside and hate coming inside. And so I'm waiting as long as I can. But if you wait too long, especially this one, I don't know. I need to like put it on my plant net app to find out what it's called because I I don't remember. But it is like so delicate and it does so well outside. It makes all these tiny little leaves. And then I bring it inside and it's like stick, <laughs> sticks. And I feel bad Then I put it outside again and it's happy. I think we have the same, the same one. It is so much happier out there. Yeah, it's cute. Kind of Asian looking little tiny leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what uh, it is. It tricked yeah. me at the store. I said, this looks kind of delicate. Is this difficult, a difficult plant? And they were like, no. No, I bought mine at the bodega like 10 years ago. And oh. it's like, you know, quadruple. But it looks that way too. I was like, I don't know if I can be trusted with this. Hmm. You know what I don't do with my plants? Any of them, even the ones outside, though the squirrels do it for me. I never prune. I'm really bad oh. at it. Mm-mm. No. I don't even know how to do that. I know. I want someone. We need a plant expert. Because I, I always wonder if people listening are like, oh, you got to, you know, there's some, I, there's an app that says like, it'll tell you what the plant needs, like to put milk in it or sugar and all this stuff. And I don't know if I'm there. I, I don't care that much, but I want to care. Does that make sense? Totally. Because I'm obsessed with my outside garden and I feel the same way because I will plant them and water them. But beyond that, I went to a, a a soil course at Pikes. It's a big nursery chain around here. I went last Saturday. <laughs> this girl's amazing. She knows all about soil. And even that was like, oh, it's a lot. You know, one thing I'd been doing wrong, speaking of plants, was if you plant in soil and then you cover the roots too much, they'll get root rot. And I never, I always like kind of put my mulch on top and I was like, oh, I'm doing such a good job protecting my plants. No. Yeah. I did the same thing. I put moss on top of all of them. Yep. So now I knew that I went out in my garden and I pushed the little mulch away. It's fun. I mean, I fluctuate. I'll be like, like heavily obsessed. And then I just want it to be like one less thing to deal with. In July, I abandon. It's like all who have hope abandon it here. That's how I feel in July when I have to go out and water I know people do irrigation systems. I well, we don't need to keep talking about our gardens, but yeah, even that irrigation, it feels like a whole to do. It's like science. I know. I just can't can't roll like that. Yeah. I watch the videos though. I get this idea in my head. I want a rain barrel. There's we need a whole garden. I, I need to stop. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stop myself right now. Drink this wine out of a cup. I'm very excited for our guest. I feel um more zen today than I have the last week days over you don't have to worry about anything else yeah i have my little death tarot candle lit here oh is death mm-hmm. i love that i love that about you i think also our like green room energy is nice who are we i have a lot of ideas about <laughs> the world and another one is the color green in your house i mean it's a game changer if it were up to me, I would literally repaint my entire house green, like everything. Green kitchen. Like I know people are saying, oh, green kitchens are played out. No, they're not. Nothing is ever played out. No, nothing's played out. I feel like, I think my aura is green and purple and gold. I can I just see that. Decide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. What do those mean? Do you know? Nope. 
No, I just feel the green and purple are my mm-hmm. favorite colors, and I feel like I give off green and purple energy. <laughs> what about you? What's what do you think your aura is? I think I think my aura would be I think my aura would be like pink and green and like white, oh. like oh. maybe ghosts or spirits in oh. the aura. I like that. Join us next August to discover the delicious vino of the Lisbon region on a six-day journey of creative exploration, wine tasting, and visits to the vineyards and producers of the area. In Portugal, our days will be filled with creativity, culture, libation, and good company. Discover more at linktree backslash bandwives and sign up for your next big adventure today. Hi, Chloe. Hi. I uh, I hope this works because uh, I had to unplug, uh, not detach my mic from this because this whole device is so bulky. So hopefully you can hear me fine. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you great. And you look super cute holding it like a vegan. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. I know it's like it's not so late for you. It's uh, we were just talking about. We usually do morning episodes, and this is like this is uh, nice. Yeah, I mean, my mornings are so busy in in uh, general. Like, I I get all the stuff done in the morning. I mean, I'm still working in the afternoon. I'm gonna continue working after that. But um, but yeah, I like I I kind of like yeah better. Your I feel like my brain is more awake. I've done a lot of things today, so it's nice. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. I'm going to go ahead and introduce you and read this amazing bio. Chloe Trujillo is one of Los Angeles' most accomplished, acclaimed, and inspiring voices. Born into a family of artists, she carved her own path influenced by heavy music, mathematics, and other esoteric practices. Chloe started creating complex, layered, deeply saturated metaphorical compositions, by allowing symbols, elements, melodies, words, and colors to flow through her tapping into pure creativity. Her work garners international acclaim in locales such as Paris, London, Berlin, New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, receiving notice in Forbes Magazine, Vogue, Italia, Rolling Stone, Vanity Fair, and the New York Times. Her Aztec De La Chloe premiered at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and now is currently on display at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Chloe launched her first line of silk scarves in 2012 at Colette in Paris. Her fashion line has since expanded to include handbags, swimwear, and clothing adorned with elements from her symbolic art, and has been sold in high-end boutiques around the world. She's currently developing a new capsule collection. She spent years performing in bands, cabaret acts, rock operas, and off-Broadway. In 2015, she opened for Missing Persons and continued recording projects like the special edition for Frank Zappa's birthday bundle where she interpreted The Torture Never Stops. Last year, Chloe released a series of albums, Mothers of a New Nation, What Are We, Heavy Peace, in collaboration with Rav Medic, and a vinyl, Claria, with 66 Steps. She just released Spellbook this spring and is preparing to release a full album with Rav Medic by the end of the year. Chloe was a recipient of a 2022 Juice Merit Award, for exceptional creativity and was also recently nominated for best female vocal performance at the Josie Music Awards. Her art has been exhibited in Paris, Los Angeles, London, and San Francisco and is currently represented by the Tracy Park Gallery in Malibu. 
Chloe currently lives in LA with her husband, musician Robert Trujillo, and their two children. You can follow her on Instagram, and we will send, uh, we'll post these links after, as well as her website. And we are so excited to have you. It's so funny, Misha and I were like, okay, well, we're going to take a look at the bio and see, like, you know, maybe we can summarize things. And then we thought, there's nothing to cut. We need to, to talk about all of this. So uh, <laughs> deep diving into that, what are you juggling this week? Uh, well, I'm uh, actually, I was, uh, and I agreed to do it. So I'm not, not complaining, but um, I got uh, two skulls. Uh, one is a glass skull and the other one is a composite skull that I'm painting right now for a show that's Friday um, the 13th. And they're due on the 7th. I got them last night and I, uh, I'm going to power trip this weekend. So I'm leaving day after tomorrow. So it gives me two days to paint these two skulls. <laughs> um, so, so this is like, this has been my day. It's just like painting and sitting. Um, but I am also preparing for a show with Ravmedic, uh, for the, uh, paint, um, punk rock and paintbrushes holiday show and uh we were we've been asked to perform so we i've never actually played live with him even in rehearsals we've written the music uh by sending you know i record right here in my studio he records in his own space in orange county he is and i'm in la so it's uh so we've been like bouncing files and we've only met a, a couple of times for music videos. Uh, but other than that, we've never actually played together like live. So we have a first rehearsal, uh, I believe it's in two weeks. Um, so I've been learning the songs, even though I wrote the melody and lyrics and I recorded them. And then so I, you know, I kind of know them, but when he comes to perform without having the text in front of you and all this, so I'm, I'm doing that as well. These are the two main things I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, that's taking, yeah, that's this week. <laughs> How are you feeling about rehearsals? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I'm super excited. It's been a long time. You know, we, uh, we just did like this one song uh, uh, performance uh at the whiskey i think it was in march with my husband was playing bass and i was on, on uh vocals and our daughter was on drums and then we had um caesar from ministry caesar soto on on guitar and so that's the last kind of rehearsal i've i've done in a while and then before that because of covid and everything i, I hadn't i only did like virtual two virtual performances uh so it's so I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm a little bit anxious, but I'm more excited than anxious. I feel like it's been so long that it's just it'll be good to get back in the rehearsal space and then eventually live. But but first step, you know, the rehearsal and and uh, yeah, so I'm excited. As a non-songwriter, non-musician, I always think it's so interesting because people maybe forget how songs are patched together and kind of put together separately by the, you know, the different musicians. And people will ask, you know, my husband's band, oh, will you play this song? We play this song, especially one of their new ones. And Adam came home from a trip recently. And he's like, someone asked us to play a song we have literally never played. They've never yeah. played it together. And so it's interesting. You like, no, 
now we've written all these parts, but we've never synthesized. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a weird thing. And then you would know, you would think like, oh, easy, you know, you wrote it and everything. But and then I write so much too, because I write my own stuff too. So sometimes I'm like, I'm recording, I'm in a song, I'm doing this, and then oh, done, move on to the next one. Like I I work pretty quickly. So sometimes I even forget. I don't forget the song song, but I just forget like, oh yeah, that's right. I had this, this cool part or this, this like moment of something, but yeah. So yeah. It's funny too. Sometimes when you're recording in like a disjointed way or you're doing everything digitally and like, you know, you're able to like create harmonies or you're able to create nuance. That's really hard to replicate when you have to do it in one take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see with my husband a lot. I'm like, you wrote a song that you can't play and sing at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm more and more aware of that when I do, because sometimes I do vocals that I, I like to overlap things. And I'm like, okay, I'm never going to be able to do that live. Like, I, I don't I can't duplicate my voice. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of these things that are... <laughs> Yeah, when live, you get to adjust and do it a little bit differently, which I think actually is cool. I think um, because also uh, the guy that's mixing our stuff with Ravmedic, I always tell him, put less effects on my voice. Like I like raw stuff and all this. And he puts a little effect. It doesn't sound bad, but to me, it's like I like the rawness. And I'm I'm thinking like, oh, well, I'll I'll have it more raw when I sing live and 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 you know even all the other effects whether you know we have some synth in the back and maybe we'll use you know some tracks in the background but if not then it, you know it'll sound more organic and raw. like it's just you know i i like that a live sound is a little bit different than what an album can you know or a recording can uh can give you it's just like it's i i, just, I don't know and I like to experiment different. I think it's my theater background is always play a character a little bit differently, like stay true to your, your, like how you're feeling and to your, yourself. It's not really yourself. It could be your character if you're playing a character. So in the moment, it might, you know, the intention might shift a little. So I always like, um, doing things a little bit different each time. So that's why I miss life too, because it, it's kind of like a more, yeah, it gives you more freedom in a way, but just expressing differently. And anyway. Well, it's alive, right? Like you, you're, yeah. you are alive, but the rooms are alive. The people are alive. The feedback you're getting from, I mean, yeah. every night is a different experience, you know, and creating a character. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Which was kind of weird when the, like the first I did a performance for a festival that was all virtual. I think it was May of 2020. And it's so weird. I made it work because I had some artwork. I filmed with my phone. I filmed some of my art and then I had it projected onto me. So I made it look artsy, but I, me, for my own stuff, I don't have a band. I have a band with Ravmedic. And so... I was trying to think of ways to make it look interesting and not just me singing to a background track. Like I was still singing live and moving around on, on a stage that had nobody. And so I made it more theatrical and I was more telling a story which with uh, each song. So that worked out, but it's so weird because you, 
only have a cam one dude and a camera and then there's you know there's no audience so it's very hard and then usually the person on the camera doesn't really show any anything because they're so focused on like trying to get like a good shot <laughs> and it's the hardest thing ever it's I think it's so hard because you have no feedback you're just and it's kind of you know what I feel when I'm rehearsing on my own I'm rehearsing the songs I you know it's it's hard not having a feedback you know even if it's a bad you know bad or good it's it's always like this this uh response like to what you're doing is is uh always helpful in a way yeah you tell the cameraman just do a little <laughs> yeah or something <laughs> show some, some emotion yeah. I don't know <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I can relate to that in a very different way but I'm a teacher <laughs> and if you have yeah. a classroom full of students just staring at you yeah. with a blank stare it will like suck the life out of you and so yeah. I just feel like that <laughs> that uh, back and forth is so important when you're you know yeah, giving your absolutely. energy away yeah all right well we read your amazing bio and which is like really impressive and, and and truly interesting um but we're curious what maybe the listeners would be surprised to hear about your life something unexpected or that they they may not know about me yeah um hmm. well I talk uh uh about this often that I have a scientific background so I don't know if they'll be surprised because I uh always talk about it um <laughs> how I was a mathematician before uh not before an artist because before I called myself an artist because I was always an artist uh but I was not allowed to be an artist I was you know it was always said to me like that um you know you don't make money you don't make a living doing art what are you gonna do you're gonna struggle all this stuff um and that was mostly uh in a in I know he watches all my stuff all the time but my dad and I don't want to blame him because you know he he didn't have the luxury or do any studies and and he went straight to work and he's a, uh, became a, a, a fashion designer and and I grew up in Paris uh, in the fashion world, um, both my parents were fashion designers. They had their own brands and, and uh, they sold all over the world. And it was like more um, a high-end, like prêt-à-porter for, um, for women. So I grew up in more of an artistic world. And, and same, you know, my grandfather, who is to me my second father, because my parents had long hours especially during fashion weeks and they traveled all over the world so my mom's parents uh, moved across the street from us and and they're the one that took care of us when we were kids and my grandfather was a professional opera singer so then I, then I had two examples of successful people in the arts but yet because I was um, I was always actually also fascinated by math and science um and I was good at it that my dad kind of forced me in that so I wouldn't struggle so I don't know if that's any surprise I, I've talked about it in the past but um but I'm grateful for it because it gives you your mind a way of thinking things maybe uh, differently than if you're just you know I don't know so I have like the two brains working left and right brain <laughs> I love that what kind of math 
uh, oh yeah, well, you, you call it all kinds of different things. We have different terms in France. So it's, it, I, I went on to, uh, after I graduated high school, which I graduated in chemistry, mathematics, and physics, I went on to study, uh, what is called, um, um, science and structure of matter. So you, 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 you know, you go deep in, um, and they, after that, I was, I had the choice of going into a more biology because we were going deep in the cell and, and being a doctor, which I was not into because even when I go, uh, if I have to have blood drawn and all this, I'm like, I can see blood. I can see whatever. Uh, if you put a needle in my vein, I'm just going to be not happy. Um, and, and yeah. And then the few like, little dissection we had to do uh, before I made that, you know, the choice not to go that route. I was a little, you know, it was, it was a, a little too much for me. So I went more into like it, it like it's abstract mathematics, um, quantum physics, oh, things like that. Yeah. That's my other, it's my like yeah. dream. Quantum yeah, physics so, and astrophysics. So yeah. So, so that's, that's, what I, yeah, what I chose. And then after having my degree, um, I told my, my dad, like, okay, now I'm going to do art, even though I was 21, I think, at the like I did, uh, two years of university and then two other years. I did five years total. So I forgot what age I was, uh, early twenties. And then I went on to study art and, um, in France, it's, it's free to go to university, but, um, but you have to prove that. So it was very difficult to move from a scientific field to an artistic field. So my last year of science, I did take, and it was before there was an internet. So they send me packages. I take it, um, through mail, some, uh, classes in history of art and, and different things regarding the arts. And I had to actually physically send, uh, some tests I had to do and actually some paintings and drawings of mine, like in a real package, physically mail it. Um, and then I was accepted in, in art university. And I, I did two years of that. And after graduating, I was. You know, it was just more to play along with different techniques and learn about the history and learn about different artists and 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 all that stuff. But I learned engravery. I learned how to make my own paper. I learned because uh, I was already painting, but um, we had models and we could, you know, sketch uh, live models. It was like it gave me so much. It was so much fun. So, yeah. Um, yes. What else do I know? I got stuck in the catacombs. That's another one of my bio that I talk about the catacombs. Uh, I was stuck in the catacombs when I was 12 years old. <laughs> Misha's um, like having a heart attack. As like all night. That's Chandra's dream. Like all my dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think I was 12 or 11. So, uh, I was with my, my, parents like I said they had to travel and so I think they were in New York they were out of the country and uh, so I stayed over at one of my friend's house and it's her brother who was 18 who was babysitting us and his brother has three 
had three other friends and they were, um, they get a hold of the underground of Paris map um, because they were studying for engineering of like the Pont des Chaussées. So it's all, all the streets and bridges and all that in Paris. Um, so they get a hold of that map and they decided. So at 10 a.m., we had like flashlights and backpacks and we're walking. Uh, so in Paris now, what, which is called the Périphérique, which is like the, the road that goes around Paris to, you know, easily get to one side of Paris to the other before it was a um, train. So in certain areas of Paris, you could still see the railroad tracks. And so that was in the south of Paris in the 14th arrondissement. And there was one of these railroad tracks and we went into this tunnel and underneath, like on the ground, there's this tiny little opening where we could just crawl in it. And this is the uh, hidden entrance of the catacombs. And so we crawl in it. And uh, long story short, we were stuck because we couldn't find a way out. We couldn't get out through the same way because there was a drop. Like you crawl and then there's a drop and you're in the dark. You know, you have your flashlight. And we couldn't find the exit. We had the maps, but, you know, the, the police uh, closes off like concretes all the illegal entrances. Um, so we couldn't know, we didn't know. And then finally we, uh, got to the sewer system <laughs> and then, and then there was a manhole and two of the boys were like climbing the little ladder and, and were able to push the manhole open, but it was already like 6 a.m. So we had to spend the night in the catacombs stuck. We found, um, and it's funny because I had never visited the catacombs, like the, the place you, and I took the kids. Was Ty there? I forget if, I don't think Ty was there because Ty was on tour with Suicidal, but, um, I took like two years ago, we were in Paris and I told Robert and Lula, I said, um, let's go visit the catacombs because I've, I've never been to the, like the spot you visit. Like, I've been behind it, <laughs> behind the scene. So it was, you know, just going out there and smelling and feeling the cool and damp air and, and just the smells. It was like, oh, that's right. I remember it brought all kinds of memories back. <laughs> Where did the manhole go up to? Like the road? Oh, so that was amazing. So it, it went to a, a big avenue that's called Avenue d'Enfer Rochereau. Still in a 14th uh, arrondissement, but we were all around there. And uh, the funny thing is it was 6 a.m. So you would like as soon as we got out, there's like people wearing their suits and their briefcases going to work. And they see these kids like coming out all. I mean, we were dirty. <laughs> we had to crawl through bones, through tunnels. We were getting the sewage up on, on everywhere. Like it was just disgusting. But at this age, I thought, oh, it's so much fun. You know, I never, I was never afraid. Um, and then I was in, in, um, you know, one of my bands called 66 Steps, which I really released the vinyl last year. But, um, the bass player, he sent me a while ago, he sent me a, uh, a podcast and that was telling also somebody's journey in the catacomb stuck in there. And I was like, but their ending didn't end that well. Cause I, I guess the the boy that got stuck and he was I think a teenager it messed with his his psyche and so he's like has uh 
post-traumatic some kind of something disorder. disorder. Yeah, he he's not. Which for me it was like, but I like the the darkness and I like the I always like that the you know just kind of playing with life and death and and danger and all this. So for me it was it was a, a kind of a cool experience. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right though because it's sort of you're still on the cusp of fear of real fear yeah. of like really recognizing. I mean, because aside from you know bones yeah bugs and god knows what else oh yeah rats and everything you can yeah suffocating or like you know there's so like will you ever get out are you getting lost yeah but yeah that sounds amazing it's (laughs) like the goonies or something like i'm thinking of the goonies yeah Yeah, it sounds like a a movie but it's like a movie that could either be like become an after school special that's adorable or like a horror movie so yeah there's no in between yeah actually actually robert uh i remember uh uh, years ago he had to tell a story for something for vans like the brand vans and they were animated um his they would animate his story and so he had his own story and he always told me like you gotta tell them the story you gotta do an animation of this catacomb story or something (laughs) i'm like yeah one day one day i'll tell i'll tell the full story and everything because there's other stuff that happened while uh we were down there so yeah that's for the next episode that's for the next episode (laughs) we have a catacombs episode obviously you carried through that sort of fearlessness against your parents' wishes. And as I mean, I think a lot of people in our generation did to just say, well, you know what, like the world that we're living in, there's a lot more available to us. Like the distribution of art, um, the experience is so different. And we do have all these like amazing outlets to kind of share it and, you know, and make money at it. Absolutely. So in addition to getting safely out of the catacombs, (laughs) Can you give us um, three things that you're proud of, past, present, and future? Um, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. So three things that I'm proud of. Well, the the one that was more recent is uh, that whiskey performance because I, and it's it's weird to say because he's my husband of 20 years, but I never thought I could actually have the uh, courage to sing with my husband on bass. Like, like I know it's it might sound stupid, and we've you know we I've sang with him, but just just for play, nothing really serious. And actually, during COVID, we also we were I was on guitar. I was we were learning this French song. And we were going to post it and he was playing the piano. I was singing and playing the guitar of the song, but we never actually uh, recorded it, which it's it's sad. Maybe we'll, we have to do it. Um, we we're going to film it and post it during the lockdown. Like, hey, we're doing some music here. But um, yeah, that's that's like I'm proud of that because I had always been so fearful because it's it's kind of. You know, and I, it's not like I'm comparing myself to him, but we live in the same house and, and I see even, you know, my, our two kids are great musician, amazing. Like Ty's doing his own thing and he's an incredible, like mind blowing bass player and he gets better and better every day. It's, it's, and so he also has his own 
you know, because I think there's nothing harder than, and you see it with uh, kids of musicians or, you know, you always get compared to. And so for me, even though I've been singing uh, for years, because my first coach was my grandfather as a child, and I sing in many different styles, uh, opera to musical theater to rock to whatever. But I was, I was had that fear, like, oh man. And and my husband can be really hard sometimes as, as a, you know, judgment. Yes. He sees this, he's gonna be like, I'm not judging because <laughs> I tell, I tell him. Also, I say, you know, I don't want to tell you what I'm going through right now because you're gonna judge it. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, I relate no, no. to that. I relate to that. Yes. <laughs> so it, it was one of the hardest things to do. And we actually performed and it was great. And, and, and after that, I was like, oh, wow, I, I, I did it. It was kind of a threshold for me because, um, so many times, even in, in rehearsal situation where, even Robert is is at a rehearsal and then he'll ask me, oh, like, yeah, why don't you sing sing it with us? And I'd be like, no, no, it's okay. Because I'm, I don't, you know, I always scared of judgment. So that's that's like, I would call this as a pres, maybe present, even though it was a few months ago. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was a big moment for me. Even it didn't, probably didn't look like it. Uh, it was very fun and, and, you know, we were all having fun, but I think it was just like this big thing where, um, uh, I was more afraid, um, to, to, of him and his judgment than, than anybody else. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a weird thing. And so, um, that went well. So it's, it's all good. I survived. <laughs> beyond, I'm beyond that now. Uh, in the past, um, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's, uh, really diving like that's into the arts and, and being fearless because I've had, obviously, from what I, I told you my story with my dad saying like, oh, you know, it's hard to, uh, to make a living being an artist or it's hard. And, um, and, you know, there's, there's in the very, very beginning, many years ago, when I decided to be a full time artist and, and musician and everything else, uh, creative, like designs and everything. Um, there's days where at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, I was just like, man, I, it'll be so much easier if I had just had a nine to five job. And I know that I'm going to be paid you know, like at the end of the month and, and I don't have to worry about anything else. And there's been some really hard moments. And so I think I'm proud of, of just keeping going. And, uh, even if I, cause I had to take tons of side jobs, like, you know, just, you know, to be able to, to pay my rent. Uh, even when I lived in New York, it was, uh, I had some really hard times. Um, and, uh, really, I mean, I, this is maybe another podcast, but roaches everywhere and had to share the, the shower with all the crazies and the bathroom with all the crazies. And one of them would lock herself in the bathroom at night and I always have to pee at night. So I, I would have to go in the, on a different floor to be able to <laughs> get the restroom. I mean, it was like, it was intense. 
And so there's there's really there were moments where I'm like, am I doing this? Is it because it's you know it's like finding your true purpose and your life's mission and and sticking to it and and doesn't matter how many obstacles and and there were some really tough moments where um I had to really like believe enough that I could do this and at the same time you know you had, like everybody has an inner critic and and you know and and you have like this voice that like well you know you're not good enough you're not this you're not you're not enough of this you're not you know there's always excuses and and um and yeah, to get to where I am today, it took it was a long road uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. Like there's been a lot of stuff. So I guess that's kind of the past proud uh, moment that um, when I think about all this journey, uh, it was it was really not easy. So yeah, it's been I've been through a lot of things, and I just you know that's just a small description of of things. But yeah, it it's. So that's, yeah, that's, and then the future, I don't know. <laughs> well, your shows are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm supposed to uh, do some shows and performances in Paris next year. And I'm, I also designed a swimsuit for the Olympic Artistic USA swim team. And uh, the Olympic Games are also in Paris what? next year. Congrats. So that's going to be, thank you. So that's going to be a another proud moment, I think, of the future, like having my swimsuit, the, my designs at the Olympics. And uh, that also will be in Paris, which is great. And then uh, we're going to be we're part of a metal exhibition at the um, Music Museum of Paris um, opening in April of 2024. So I'll be in it. My whole family's in it. That's another proud moment. And because of that show, or thanks to that show, I should say, uh, I've been offered a gig before, close to the opening of that exhibition. And then I recently met uh, a TV host that is always looking for performers on her show. And she asked me to do it like prior to this to kind of um, to promote the, the whole thing. So uh so I'm proud of that. It hasn't happened yet, but um, let's hope everything <laughs> goes smoothly and, and um, yeah, setting the intention that everything happens and, and it's all going to work out. And I we mean, come. We're going to yeah, come. I, was, <laughs> I looked at Chandra like Paris. Can you give, we can go to the catacombs. <laughs> I have, we have 10 stops on this trip. Yes. Yeah. Totally. We'll be there telling you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll do whatever you need. You need flyers. You need the uh, street team. <laughs> street team. We're your yeah. girls. Okay. <laughs> well, wear the swimsuits, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I Sounds was good. really inspired by the transition there from, you know, wondering if it, this is the right life for you. I definitely have those questions as, as I sit and write all day and I'm like, is this garbage? Does it need to go in the garbage, you know? And then you just keep doing it the next day and the next day. And so it's really inspiring yeah. for you to go from that moment, you know, to these amazing you know museums and and the olympics and all this amazing stuff so it's a testament to your skill yeah and thank work. you for asking this question because i i feel that i'm always looking ahead and doing more and more because i feel it's i'm never satisfied and it's never enough you know because i'm 
I'm not trying to prove anybody else but myself that I'm worthy or that I'm good enough or that I'm, you know, something, you know, or that my life is worth it or things like that. And looking back, like this kind of question is like, oh, wow, I actually, you know, it's like a reminder of where I came from and what I had to like what the path was and I'm like I did make some progress yes. <laughs> you know but it's it's yeah but it it's it because when it's you you don't really see it from the outside you just keep on doing it and you know I'm not you know I don't wake up like oh all happy and and satisfied with what I've done I just strive for more and more and and sometimes it's uh it it can be too much because it's it's um it's tiring. I think it's just, you know, there's days where I'm exhausted and I'm like, I gotta keep going. And then, you know, and, and this guilt feeling of the, uh, the times I take off, uh, needs to go away. I need to enjoy, you know, learn to enjoy, um, time away from work. Yeah. <laughs> because you're working then too, right? Misha and yeah. I often yeah. talk about creative process on the show and, the downtime is almost the most important because you're absorbing life and you're having experiences and, you know, you're filtering things through your lens that if you sit in your you know studio all day and you're working and working, grinding, you're not living. And so you're not really having inspiration and, you know, sometimes just stepping away, taking a walk even, or going on the road or taking downtime with your kids, whatever, like taking your night out. These are things that seem like they're not contributing, but they are Absolutely, yeah. the most important. Yeah, it's so true because actually my inspiration comes even more when I take time off. And yeah, so true. Well, you mentioned you've been married 20 years. Is that right? Mm -hmm. To get, yeah. And so you probably have seen a lot of shit. And so we want to know <laughs> what advice you have for other band wives or spouses out there whatever it is tips tricks or encouragement well i think the way um that it works out so well is we each are passionate about what we do but we each do our own thing so um i think that's that's a, an advice cuz you 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 know if you're too clingy and too dependent on on the other uh, that's when problems can happen and it can be like maybe annoying for the other person or whatever. I, I feel that uh, I'm super busy in my thing and he's super busy in his thing. And um, and so when we have we get together, it's, you know, it's it's like us and we're like we don't take things from whatever and the other obviously um the big thing is trust too because you know as a touring musician you have to absolutely trust um you know your partner because <laughs> there's stuff going on out there um and uh you know I mean I've known Robert 20 years so now you know it's not like and I've known no I've known him more than 20 years I've known him 30 years but we've been together uh, we've been married 20, we've been together 22 years, but I've known him since I was in high school still. So, um, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's trust. It's also having your own things going on in your life so that you're not constantly 
with the other person or you're not constantly asking or or you know when I say dependent I'm not talking about necessarily financially I'm talking about like emotionally yeah it's like it's almost like you have to be your whole self and be content with you and who you are and and feeling whole and then you can have your partner be you know if if he's his whole self like he's content with you know being himself and being by himself and and then when you come together I mean and obviously love oh yeah (laughs) you know that's the main thing but but you know I think when if each one has their own thing going on and that's that's the key I feel like you know if if I had to uh you know I remember years ago I had a boyfriend way like I was still in high school and he would quit everything just to be with me and that didn't make me attracted to him at all I was like no I can't I we can't be because he was always there and I'm like okay I got some exams to prepare for so I can't see you this week and you know it's okay I'll wait I'll wait for you and I'm like I can't no no do your own thing like it's not attractive you know if somebody is just like you know and I'm like no no and to the point where I I couldn't take it anymore and it's like you know book is hard or whatever but but then I hope it's a lesson for him to learn like okay be yourself like do something with your life and 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 then you can invite a partner in but you know he he was just quitting everything like you know jobs and whatnot and not going to school to see me because I was free during those times I'm like no you have to take care of yourself too and so that was not attractive to me Passion is listening now. Yeah, yeah I'm passion. wondering what yeah. happened to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's like really into stamps now. He's like, I got a thing. This is my thing. Well, that was that was a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> that's hard. It's hard, you know, especially when you know you're saying like he knew you in high school. It's been 20 years that you've actually been together. 30 knowing each other. You start off in these different places in life, and I totally. When you were talking about how he's, you know, he can be like the biggest critic of not necessarily you, but like, you know, you know, your partner and you're like, mm-hmm. I know they they talk a lot of shit. So there's this level of being like, you know, you're growing in front of somebody and you're finding yeah. yourself and you're finding your way and you're trying things. And it's like, you're afraid to fail, but it almost is more motivating to not yeah. and to like be good at something and I don't know. I've, I've felt that as I've grown yeah. this motivation by my husband being really good at something to also try to find the things that I could be good at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I always took it as a motivation uh, tool or um, because yeah, I don't want to suck. I don't want to be, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> exactly. and, but that, but also because he's at a certain level. Yeah. I can't, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's motivating for sure. And then I had the time because when we had kids, I chose to stop work and it was really hard. Like I was feeling like anxiety in my belly because I couldn't, I want to paint. I need to like express myself, but I took time off to, to, and I'm grateful for it. And I, I love my kids, of course, but uh, I took time off to, uh, to take care of the kids and and Robert was on the road a lot. So I took the kids on the road and, and it was a lot of sleepless nights and all that, but it was so worth it. And 
And I'm glad I did. And I showed my kids the world, you know, I, I took them places and all this. So I kind of almost had to start again after having kids. So it's like, it did a double for me. So I was like working and, and even like when Ty turned one years old and I didn't know I was pregnant again, but I was, but I didn't know. And I had my first art show in, in a gallery in Venice. I was accepted for it. Like I had sent my, my art images and submitted and, and I had my first art show in Venice and I was like, yeah. And I was so scared and I'm like, I'm doing it again. And you know, it's scary because you had, you know, I had taken like a year off and, and now I'm doing this art show. And then I got pregnant again and I'm like, okay, I gotta, um, so it's, it was like back and forth. But I think it also helped my motivation grow even more. And, and the reason I think I have all this energy and I create so much is because I felt like all this time that I took off to to take care of the kids, like I, it was like in me and now mm-hmm. it's all coming out. Like it's, you know, it's been like, just like all this release. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Piling so, up. Yeah. And it's, it's like actually, and, and my kids inspire me today because they're, they're a musician. My my daughter is also an amazing artist, as a, well as a drummer and bass player too. But she's more discreet about it. But anyway, they inspire me so much now. I'm ga- gaining so much from from listening to them. Like you know, I, I you know, if I was gonna walk in the house now, I'll probably hear drums, bass. I you know, it's it sounds like a, a rehearsal studio space when you go. <laughs> in our house and and they even motivate me even more and so yeah I love that I love that your basic advice kind of boiled down to me sounded like get a life to the (laughs) well yes yeah because because you don't want to be yeah it's like you don't want to be stuck to a person because then uh I mean you could be stuck like we're you know Robert and I are like together often and and doing good things and fun things together but but if you have like a a mission and and like I said like feeling one like and whole and 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 good on your own you know yet like you're not emotionally so dependent that that you can't do anything unless that person is there you know and that's very hard especially if you're with a touring musician because like Robert's not here right now he left uh, yesterday um I'll see him this weekend perform uh and then and then he's back and then he's gone again because then he's you know if I was like really emotionally dependent and I couldn't you know and also yeah get a life because uh you don't want it like you know whatever happens in life if if you know you cannot be just depending on on their life and and it's like living their their life through them instead of having your own and then you know yeah it's twofold it's functional and it's sexy yeah <laughs> yeah it's good advice for all women but especially we are maybe like I don't always think of it this way until you kind of said it the way you did, that it's a gift in some ways that our husbands go on our way so much mm-hmm. and have such their own things going on that we kind of have to face that and yeah. and deal with it. Otherwise, it kind of can become messy. Yeah. 
Yeah. You miss them. There's space. You can do your things. You don't feel like you're being seen in the process, if that makes sense. Like yeah. if I'm writing like a maniac or you paint it, whatever it is, like, I don't want someone like over my shoulder watching me do that. I know. <laughs> it's nice. It's really a gift. And mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. And I think it keeps it fresh and exciting. Like you're you know, going to go see him this weekend. I'm going to fly to LA this weekend and see my husband and I'm really excited to see him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and, and I feel, you know, when, when people, or I mean, when people congratulate us on 20 years of marriage and all this, and then when I'm thinking of 20, it doesn't feel like 20 years. And I think that's also the the fact that, okay, he's gone, he's back, he's gone. So we are not on top of each other all the time. And, uh, and it, oh, yeah, it's always fresh, you know. Yeah, I'll see you. No, I don't. See <laughs> <you>. <laughs> That's so true. I'm, I've, all, I've been married 15 years and I'm like, but technically he's been gone half of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you've been listening long, you know technology isn't our strong suit. Thank goodness for Mackie. Since 1989, Mackie's been a worldwide leader in audio innovation with built-like-a-tank reliability in live sound and studio settings. Now, they've brought their legacy into a new era and into our studio with the DLZ Creator. DLZ Creator is an adaptive digital mixer that enables creators of all levels to quickly get pro results for podcasts, YouTube, and live streaming utilizing its mix agent technology. A virtual assistant helps with setup and automates functions, making your editing life that much simpler. Visit Mackie.com backslash DLZ to learn more. Uh, we're about to drop our big question on you. Oh, you're like a little arm is holding that mic and I'm like, <laughs> we got to move you through. So. What do you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? Oh, my God. Uh, first of all, that we are all connected. Uh, that is uh, definitely, I know, I experienced it, whether it's in the catacombs <laughs> or even on stage. I had so many moments of oneness uh, that I could feel every single person in the audience and I could feel the walls and I could feel the universe. And so that's, that's like the main thing that I know that we're not like the separation between all of us. is just an illusion um, that we are all connected. And, and as um, you know, I mean, I, I, that's my, that's the main thing that I want to say to this question. Like we're all connected. We're all one one with the universe we're all you know it's it it's uh even if it looks like i have some like you know flesh and skin and and i'm a different uh physical you know element than you are or whatever you want to call it we're all connected it's it's all it's it's all there and and we can tap into information and uh yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And I love these moments when I have like the very true feeling of oneness. I just, you know, I uh, I crave for them all the time, but they, you know, they don't happen. Like I can't control when it happens, but there's moments where I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like I'm one with 
everybody and the trees and the animals and the earth and all the planets and all the galaxies and all the universe it's it's really it's it's when you get that feeling is is incredible yeah yeah it's there it's hard sometimes when you like let yourself get trapped in the cycle of the new whatever news yeah no but everyday life you know somebody does something to you and and you get angry and and you know, you, you know, I, I, you know, we're all guilty of that or, you know, like little incidents that, that take you out of this, the space, but, you know, that's just being human, but that's the big, the big picture. When you see the big picture is really like, we're all, we're all one and we should respect each other more. We should like, you know, but. And that can fix anything. Yeah. 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 Now, this is what we're here for, hearing what you have to say about this. People need to, people need to hear it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the day we, we give each other respect and we listen to each other, like really listen, that's that it's, it's already life changing. And that's another advice also in a couple situation, <laughs> like, like, listen, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, everybody has their own experiences in life and, and come with a certain background and, and, and maybe, um, are affected in different ways by different things and and some things that somebody will find like oh it's you know something's okay another person will find it very traumatic or very triggering it's like everybody's you know on their own journey but ultimately yeah I mean we're all linked we're all one we're all yeah, it's like even like the catacomb story is like terrifying to me. It sounds like the literal underworld where, you know, it's like that journey. But I feel like we need all kinds of people and people who find that fascinating and want to go down and other people who are like, I'm going to stay on the surface. Yeah. And I love just thinking about how everyone's, Chandra and I talk about it a lot, but it's like, I find like even people talking about their various beliefs and it's like you get this sense that it's all real and everything's valid and everyone's experience is very valid. And that's hard to grasp sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is more enlightening to me than like the process of death. We talk about the death on the show at least yeah. once an episode, you know, so it's interesting. I feel like it's such a metaphor for your life that you were in this space that for so many people would be so scary uh, and so like disarming. And you were like, I kind of enjoyed the darkness because you feel connected. You know that there's yeah. nothing scary there because it's all the same. Exactly. And I think it's also, I mean, for me, that's that's also uh, coming back to being an artist uh, and and creating something out of my life, like from my life. So, you know, like like almost, it's it's almost trying to be immortal, like, like, defeating death because you're creating stuff and and you want to leave something and so it's it's kind of that idea too it's like you know I've always had that that awareness of death ever since I was born I felt like I was always fascinated by it and wanted to know more and 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 that took me to a journey of making a a meaning you know a meaning out of my life like something purposeful and um and that's why i'm still striving for more because it it never ends that journey never ends you know and i ask what you believe happens during after i think uh we are immortal in a way but you know the body 
you know, might decompose and all this, but there's something, you know, whether you call it the soul or however you want to name it, there's, there's something that, that stayed. And, and I had some experiences, um, that made me believe in that. Um, and I respect everybody's belief system, but I do, uh, believe that there's something that we move on to something even greater and bigger. It could be a whole episode. Yeah. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> we have seven other alternate episodes. In yes, this episode. I guess so. <laughs> it's such an interesting topic. I've gone down such a rabbit hole. I told Chandra I'm watching all these documentaries about like the near-death experiences. Yeah. And- and just, you know, different religious things, which I've always been interested in, but I've more just taken the deep dive. And Yeah. I mean, when my when I was little and I told you my grandparents were kind of my second set of parents and my grandmother had a near-death experience um, uh, when she was younger, uh, when she just she just had my mom and my mom has a younger sister. So um, and she would always talk about it. And and actually, she said that they made her come back to take care of my mom like so because she was she felt she said she felt so happy she had all her ancestors all the people that passed on that she's so, so she told me that story or us you know I have two sisters that story when we were super young so I already I, that already made me curious and then when my grandfather passed away he appeared like physically in different spots and and people that never knew him described him and saw him too like so there's stuff going on so that you know that's um like that made me like do more research like you're saying like you're listening to all kinds of of stuff that people are you know relating their experience uh, whether it's near-death experience or or other stuff like um, I, I, you know, I did, uh, uh, learn some mediumship a little bit. Um, and, and that was also fascinating to me. So it's, it's, yeah, there's definitely something else. Yeah. We're sidetracked here real, but did you take a class or did you? Um, yeah. So, uh, I was always fascinated with, uh, working with energies and working with stuff that is unseen. And so, um, you know, I started uh, uh, Reiki. I started with Reiki, Reiki practitioner. Uh, then I went on to study like uh, with a shaman. And then and that, that was just curiosity. But now I feel like I'm infusing all that I do with with the, these energies. Because um, even in Reiki, you get attuned and, and whatnot. And, and it's um, during... Um, a class I did a workshop for angel readings and and I was doing that for a while actually for people too reading cards and angel cards and uh but the, in that workshop there was a half a day where we did, just did mediumship and so you get paired up with different people strangers that are doing the workshop and 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 you do readings for them and and that was also fascinated because I saw things that I didn't think I was capable of seeing and uh you know, like, for example, I was paired up with this one man and then I did the mediumship uh, uh, and I don't know anything about this guy. And all of a sudden I see, I feel something in my throat and I'm like, and then I see this image of a woman. And so I tell him that the trick to this is not to censor yourself and just 
say whatever, even if it feels ridiculous, just say what what uh, comes to you. And the guy started crying, and and it's, it was his wife that uh, died in an accident, and actually the seatbelt, I don't know, some something with her throat, and all that stuff. Like that's one example, but there's been others, but the you know the one that I'm saying now and. And I'm like, how is this information coming to me? Like, you know, because you can tap in like a different level of of uh, consciousness, I guess. I don't know how to call it. Yeah. And and even though it was an angel reading where you really type to the highest vibration, uh, medium is a little lower vibration. And so even in, in angel readings after when you start telling what you see to people, it's just. The inform that's why I say like the information is in the air. It's like if you put yourself in the right uh, vibrational frequency, then then you can access that information. And it's not a, a special gift or anything. It's just like it's accessible. Just you have to just learn how to to do it and use it. And I haven't really used it so much. Like I do it for me. Like I, I pull out cards, and that's why I created two decks. I'm creating my third deck of cards now. Because I've always been fascinated with that. So Ooh, I'm gonna get your cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so so fascinating. I love that. Yeah, every, yeah. you know, kind of documentary or medium I've watched say the same thing. You know, it's like it's actually all available to everyone and everyone could do it. Yeah, it's also also I think the curiosity, like some people don't really care about that at all or you know, they live their life very materialistic and then they they're happy and then that's that's them you know which is good too it's like yeah even intuition you know yeah. where people are just taught to shut that down mm -hmm. which is strange it's mm -hmm. strange that we're told this is not okay to talk about this is not okay to believe this is that to me yeah. makes me more suspicious than anything yeah well i haven't watched i watched like every every documentary available on, <laughs> on like metaphysics stuff okay we better get moving yeah, gotta, sorry chloe we're so sorry no worries <laughs> all right so we got three just rapid fire questions are quick questions the first one is what are you binge watching reading or listening to right now uh so reading i've been reading two books uh one is in french it's called le matin des magiciens um, the Morning of the Magicians, I guess it would be the translations, which is kind of a cool book. I think it was, uh, uh, it's from the 70s. So it's still, it goes down in history and it tells like some backstories that are not told in, in real history. So it's, I love it. And then another book that uh, I'm reading that was actually suggested to me by Lula's teacher. It's called Is, Ma Is Math Real? <laughs> so... Uh, that's Brand. another book. <laughs> um, is it is is math real? Because I don't feel like it is. <laughs> well, I'm halfway through the book, and and she's just explaining why math, why why people study math, why people are fascinated with math, and 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 so on. Because I'm, you know, he knows that my background was in math, so he's like, "Hey, I've been reading this book," like, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna order it and read it." I love to read, so I'm always reading something. Um, and then watching, I, uh, I always, I always watch like thriller type of things. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I'll watch at night, like, you know, after 
after a full day of work, I'll just I just go on Netflix or whatever, you know, and I'll I'll watch like some thriller things like to just like um uh, but nothing nothing that really, you know, yesterday I watched something that called what was it called? It's about this woman that gets stuck in a container. It's in Spanish. Um, that's what I watched last night. I was like, okay, that was interesting. Do you have Spanish too? So you speak French, obviously. English very well. Spanish? Yes, un poco. Español. Uh -huh. uh, and German. Oh, and... ich spreche Deutsch. Oh. <laughs> ein bisschen. Ein bisschen, ja. Ich, ich spreche ein bisschen. Ich kann... Um, Ich verstehe alles, weil ich ja nicht noch so gut sprechen. Ja, ja, ich But auch. I can read it, yeah, 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 you know. Ja, ich habe vier Jahre in, in der Schule. Ja, und in Universität zwei Jahre. Mm. So. Ich habe gelernt in Goethe-Institut in Paris. Oh, ja. Oh, yeah. no, ich habe vergessen. Ich, ich vergesse, ja, ja. When you don't speak it, like if I go to Germany, like I was in Hamburg in May, and then it all comes back, and I can speak, and I have it all back. But yeah, uh, I I love languages, so too, um, yeah. yeah, I learned Japanese in high school, but I forgot most of it. It's, if I'm go to Japan or if I'm surrounded by Japan, like I pick up stuff and and it comes back kind of. But mm. you know, right now I can see the book is on the desk and and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh hello goodbye good night like things like that uh thank you and and these things but um and then even during covid i i did some online farsi classes um and i forgot most of it but i was curious about like the writing so i i learned the reading and writing yeah it's beautiful it is yeah. beautiful. I was just going to say, if I had like three lifetimes in this one lifetime, I would do quantum physics and like all the languages besides what I do now, which is yeah. writing all day in pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so many languages, so many jams, so much art. What would your theme song be? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a terrible lead in, but it's all I have. Yeah, I oh, I man, this question scares people. I don't know why. I feel like it's, it's hard. Really it is hard. I mean, I guess committing with people who love music, it's, it's hard to commit to a song. Yeah. And, and because all of that, that you just like the way you introduced the question was like, it, it has to be a very eclectic song. Mm. <laughs> so it's hard. How are you going to pick? I'm very, I'm yeah. concerned for you. <laughs> um, what, well, I'm going to pick one of my favorite songs. It's called uh, Spiritual Healing from Death. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, it ties the whole episode together in a very there you go. way. <laughs> okay. Mm. Spiritual healing. From death. From death. All right. Well, I think that needs to be our new theme song anyway, because those like are like the, thing, the things we talk about. Okay. It's <laughs> so our last question. This has been a true pleasure and very, very inspirational. Um, and now we're curious, one small thing or guilty pleasure that you look forward to when Robert is on the road? Mm -hmm. I mean, one my guilty pleasure is I stuff my face with chocolate. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things. Like He's not there to judge me and to tell me uh. to stop eating. I'm just going to have the chocolate. Um, but really, I mean, I mean, it's really because I talk about guilt and, and when he's home, I feel like I have sometimes 
to spend a little more time with him, but I have so much work to do. So I enjoy when he's away and I'm just getting so much more done. Uh, just because, you know, if he wants to have lunch, I'll take off for lunch. Otherwise, I'll just, you know, put together a lunch real quick and, and eat it fast and continue working. So I think, um, yeah, when he's away and it's, it's not like, a, I think the first one would be chocolate. <laughs> yes, Robert, if you're listening to this ever, <laughs> I do eat chocolate much more. <laughs> you won't tell. And, uh, but otherwise it's like, it's working. It's just having more, more time to, to do, yeah, more creative stuff. Yeah. Is he like a health guy? He seems like he could be a, a health yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 So he judges the chocolate there in the pan. Well, he's like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thank we'll you. We'll do our next episode about death and Reiki. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. We uh, we hope to run into you down the road. And Yeah. Uh, You're both in New York, right? Shawnee is. And I'm, I mean, I'm up there a lot, but we're in Charlotte. Okay. Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Never we're been. Gonna be in- I want to go. Come. Come to Charlotte. Come hang out. It's barbecue. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll be in Paris. That's where we're going to run into you. All right, then. Yeah. See you then. Okay. okay. Thank Amazing. you. Thank, Thank you. you, Chloe. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>